0: Oh, yeah. Sports Radio 929 the game, 929 the game.com. It is Sam and Greg. We are in for the morning. Thank you, both, Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you, Mike, for letting us bring our weekend show here on this President's Day. This is Monday morning. Yeah. 19th day of February. Yes, it is. In the 7 o'clock hour. Yes. Good morning. Check out. Morning. And a good morning, you beautiful people in Auburn. In Auburn, Auburn,
1: yeah, Georgia. You're right. Going up, uh, going up, three sixteen. it's right, right up in that area. Going, going. If you, if you leave you know, Gwinnett, going toward uh, Winder, going toward Athens. Okay, is where you find them. What's the city not, that, not, uh, not, that, not, that you? Not, not, not that Auburn. The, the, the uh, other, not the Auburn with the. With well, that's the, what I was going to ask the, you. With, with the bird that flies <laughs> the time, not, We're not talking about.
0: We're not here. talking about the eagle. Okay, but I was down there in a place called Wetumpka. But Tomka, yeah, man. Yeah, I'd go do a thing down at the casino, put your,
1: and they put you on billboards all over the South. <laughs> I'm coming, I'm coming through Birmingham one day, man. I'm coming right through downtown Birmingham on
0: the freeway on I-20, and <laughs> I'm looking at this dude. What are you doing on the billboard in downtown Birmingham? <laughs> I'm, having, I'm well, listen. Same thing. Tracy's got up on a, on on Black Friday, went shopping, and I'm right there on the billboard, yeah, up, by by uh, Dobbins. Yeah. And they didn't know. Whoa. Next thing you know, I got a picture sent me at dark 30 in the morning. Wow. I didn't know it was up there. I did not know they were going to bring those over here. But the point of the story is this. I was in Wetumpka. I'd never been there before down in that area. Yeah. That was the first place I had chorizo sausage.
1: Ah, I had never, well, at
0: least the way they made it. The there. way they made it, yeah, it was it prepared. was kind of cool. But I never saw the university. Is it a beautiful university, Which Auburn? One? Auburn, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, beautiful. Okay, I I was thinking about wanting to see that while I was there. Call it
1: with the loveliest on the plane or something like that. They they call the school. So it's one way in and one way out. Okay, it takes a minute to get in there. It's kind of like Clemson. Where's
0: that, know, that place the with trees? the trees? It's them. That's them. Yeah, and dude did something crazy
1: years ago to the yeah, trees, but, but, right? But when, because when they win, they roll the trees. They do just like they do in... in, in oh, okay, like in Marietta, in Marietta High Marietta. School. Marietta, yeah, they do that. Okay. So when Nick... Sa- them? So when Nick Saban resigned, retired, <laughs> did they really? They rolled the tree. Did they really? They're going to be relevant again. We're Auburn will be relevant again now that Saban is gone. They should have did that up in Ann Arbor
0: because they're the ones that kicked them. <laughs> and nah, set nah, them to nah,
1: the no, 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 no. Those folks are like, you hate out Auburn. We've been waiting for this dude to leave so we yeah, can right. so we can be relevant again you, and you, uh they
0: they rolled that thing like they had won a game. Sam, before we get to our first caller yeah. Which, by the way, is news right there, because we didn't know we had a caller, but That's we okay. have a caller. Good. Uh, well, I'm going to save the insin- insignificant information. I'm going to give the number out again, 404-726-0929. Again, 404-726-0929, if you guys would like to join us for anything that Sam and I are uh, you know, just kind of jawboning about. Yeah. And a guy, uh, I want to make sure I get this right. His name uh, is Alex, and he's from Canton, right? Oh, this is beautiful, Alex from Canton. Okay, if he is still there, good morning, Alex. Morning, and thank you for
2: joining us here. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Man, how uh, are you doing? Doing fine. We're gonna bring turn you down just a little bit. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm six feet above ground. Blessed to be how, it. How so, about that? How about that? Okay. Uh,
1: Sound like you're out there on the road.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm I'm just headed to work and uh, coming Georgia. So uh, okay, it's uh, I think all the schools are off for a week, so uh, it's no traffic. It's fantastic. <laughs> a week or a day. No, the you you yeah, yeah. win or break.
0: I mean, you got all these Bradwoods. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of
2: these schools have a a week off. It's crazy, but um, uh, but yeah, no, the NASCAR race you were asking about, uh, who's going to win? Daytona is such a crapshoot of you whoever's either in front of that big wreck or behind it. You just never know. Um, but I I'd, I'd like to see Blaney, you know, continue his win streak from the championship. Okay. Um he's he's he comes from that dirt track racing background along with his dad. Um so I like to follow him. But of course I want my hometown boy Chase Elliott to win it. Uh shout out D Ville, Dawsonville, Georgia. Yep. Um, so we can have that
1: siren
0: go but, off. I don't know if you if you guys are. I know that sirene
2: <laughs> Alex have
0: you been um, out to uh... so no oh. Okay, I'm sorry, finish your thought. Finish your thought. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you, have you been out to Atlanta Motor Speedway and enjoyed races out there?
2: Of course, yes. Are are you looking Um, forward to this weekend? I I actually have a background in racing myself. Okay. Uh, I grew up racing quarter midgets uh, up at the Cumming Fairgrounds um, for about 10 years of my life. And I raced with uh, some famous names that are actually out there in the the races these days, Uh, uh along the likes of uh Austin Hill and Mason Massey, Okay. Uh along with Joey Logano.
0: Okay. Okay. Of the three I knew Logano. So um
2: <laughs> but uh you were asking about what they do what what it takes to stop a race. So really it's it's once they start seeing uh moisture accumulate on the track, um so it could start raining, kind of, and they see it on those, you know, windshields. They won't stop the race immediately. Once they start seeing water start, you know, accumulating onto the track, they're like, no, nah, we're coming off. So that's kind of how it goes down there. Um, and of course, if they see a big band of rain coming, they'll determine or not. So,
0: all right. Uh, listen, no, I want to thank Alex from Caton for that because he answered the question. But I was curious about. Who determines how much moisture still is on the track? But at least the question.
1: We have a lot of people watching the track now. Remember now, each and every driver has a spotter that's up on the roof that, that has an overall. You know, you. so that's, right. that's, that's the voice they hear. It mm-hmm. tells them you know you want to stay clear. You want to go high. You want to go ahead. It's a guy who's up on the roof who can see the whole track. So those those people kind of relate to NASCAR. This is what we're seeing. Our guy's in the corner. He did a little slip, a little slide. You know, over the turn three. Seems like you know. And it helps NASCAR decide whether or not they're going to stop. There are a lot of people who watch you just watching the track of eyes on the track.
0: And and the crazy part about it is what, so what you talked so, so, so about so it's earlier. No, so it's
1: no one person that just says, all right, it's raining out there. Y'all stop. Well, that's the thing. No. I mean, cause no, as you no. just
0: said, because one part of the track may not be getting any moisture. Right. So, again, all right. Well, thank you, uh, Alex. Thank you from Canton. We appreciate so that, man. Abruptly cut you off there, but he's yeah, probably getting a, ready for uh, the Am Better Health Four Hundred, well, which is going to be in Atlanta Motor well, Speedway. He's headed,
1: he's headed to work. Hopefully, he'll get off work in time to to, to, be able to, to check watch. out. To you? Yeah, right. Yeah. It start at four o'clock. Well, either, maybe then the, he may take a, a early
0: flight <laughs> out to do it. So you know, I gotta go. Yeah, for the earlier race It starts you know? at, at eleven. You sure about that? Now, that, that, has that been confirmed? The Xfinity? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they they, they confirmed that
1: Saturday. So yeah, well, that, that's that's going to be out there.
0: We will we will
1: we will hopefully uh, see what's going
0: on. All right, listen, man, I, that's all I got right now. I got this, I got, I, is, I, got
1: a, I got a couple of things. Going it on is on, your turn? I, got, I got something that's kind of kind of some some sobering somber well, news.
0: Let me set you up here uh,
1: as well. Well, now we're we gonna run a, run a couple of things. Uh, that the high school state tournaments do start for basketball, and we talked about that some with Cal Sandy yesterday, and um, we got some matchups. Some first round match. I'm looking at the that the girls draw in seven A. And I'm seeing a first-round, first-round game between Westlake and McEachern. Westlake and McEachern in the first round? That's, like, unheard of. But, uh, you know, McEachern was the the two seed from their region, Westlake the three seed, and the threes and twos of those games that anything can happen, but that is a first-round game uh, in, in this tournament. On, on the boys' side, in the largest classification, you got several games that you, you're going to keep an eye out for that could be really, really good. You got Pebble Brook and Harrison, that's a 2 3, a uh, 2 and 3 game that ought to be a really good ball game. Uh You talk about Norcross, and uh, they, they, they got West for sight, ought to be an interesting ballgame to get things started. You got Westlake and McEachin also playing on the boys' side. You got Westlake as a four seed, McEachin is a one seed. These are teams that we're used to seeing go deep into the tournament. Uh, being around for the second week and maybe making their way down to Macon, we're going to get some folks knocked out here quick uh, <laughs> that we're used to seeing there. Some great teams with some great coaches. Once again, if teams are, uh, games are taking place in your area, you get out and support the high school state basketball tournament this week. All right, folks, if you haven't seen some sobering news concerning a, a head football coach uh, from the Metro Atlanta area, Carl Kearney Jr. is one of the great stories, I think, of high school football last year a native of Griffin who ended up coaching the team on the other side of town, Spalding High School, and um, last year leading that team um, to a 13-1 and record. I mean, just an impressive, impressive win. They won their first region title in 20 years, according to the AJC, and this came across late last night, Greg. I saw it, and I, I sent you a photo of I him. Mean, it's quite troubling. Um, he has been charged with first- and second-degree murder for the strangulation death of his girlfriend in Prince George's County, Maryland. Um, this apparently happened um, sometime, I guess, late Friday night or Saturday morning, and um, Coach Kearney turned, him, he turned himself in to authorities there, um, and they did a welfare check and found the, that the girlfriend was deceased at the scene. And so um, he is, it's something that's it's, um, it's startling. Uh, people who I've talked with or communicated with who follow high school football and high school sports in this area are simply stunned um to hear to hear this news of someone who's um like i said was coaching in his hometown and uh, to me a great a great success story with the team and with him getting the opportunity and so um, you know we we want to send our our best wishes out to the young people that you know looked up to him and and were, were in his care and um learning the game and learning just games of life from him uh, the coaching staff and everyone there at that school um that that's something they deal with. If they're out of school this week, I don't know what plans, they, anything they have as far as, you know, talking to young people on the team or what what their plan is. Or what they, if I find out something like that, we'll, we'll make sure and pass that along. But if you know any young people who go to a Spalding <laughs> High School, especially who play on that team, you know, this is something that they're having to deal with uh, today, something quite stunning. Another thing that happened uh, this weekend happened uh, at a school not far from where I you mean, live. I mean, it's just craziness. Over at uh, Hillgrove High School, right, and um, someone app- apparently broke into the baseball's baseball team's field house in their facility and wrecked a bunch of their equipment. They need this is right at the start of the baseball season. Baseball right around the season, corner. No, it started high school baseball season. It started. It, it, it's uh, most teams have uh, already played their games. I'm looking at Peach County. They're fighting Randy McMichaels. They're four and zero. They've already played four games. Um, Hillgrove won 25 games last year. They were one of the top teams in the state.
0: But they, they start this week, though, right? They, or have they've they already started? started.
1: They've already played two games. So again, you
0: have games. to ask yourself, if they've played two games, where they keep this equipment, folks other than the team know where it's at. That's my speculation. You ain't got to jump into ow, this. Ow. This is me talking. Okay. You know, I've seen this just happened not too long ago up in Chicago at, at Soldier's Field with the Bears. Somebody walked in there and knew where all the equipment was, Pew, head out with it. So my thing is, who, what truck pulled up? <laughs> that loaded a lot of stuff. Don't, don't, man. You don't
1: know if they took it or they just wrecked it. That, yeah, that that's the thing, you know. And so, um, it, it, well, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that's probably labeled "Got Hillgrove" all over it. That's where, what I'm where, saying. When you're going with something that's branded for for the exactly. school, um, I, I reached out to to Coach Richardson, and he really doesn't want to elaborate on it any further. And he wants to really keep the team focused on what they have. And I, the one thing I did ask him, I said, "Is will it interrupt your schedule?" And he said, "No, that they will play. They're they're due to play Noonan today." Okay. So there, and, and more, you talk about Noonan, they've had their own thing to deal with there with all the stuff that happened with the storm that came yeah. through a few years ago and really wrecked their place. So mm-hmm. they're due to play at 6 o'clock today. Uh, Hill Grove is to play at Noonan. So if anybody's wondering, anybody's heard about what happened with Hill Grove's uh, baseball facility. There are so uh, many they, they, programs
0: gonna... on the high school level that have been recuperating for a number of from a number of things, meaning yeah. either it was the a storm that came through there, the pandemic, the okay. money that, you know, did not you know coming during that time the new equipment? There's just a lot of adjustments that have been made, and then you hate to hear with this 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 Hillgrove story. You know, finally looking forward to this season. Yeah, coming out of the coming out of the weeds of the last few years, and then this happens.
1: Yeah, you could remember a couple of springs ago they didn't play at all. Exactly, all the spring sports got shut down. Nobody got to play anything, and they they lost their seasons. Um, these young people, but their season will continue. They are to play this evening, so great. And I just told them, "Yo, hey, go get them. They'll grow hawks."
0: Happy eighty fourth birthday, Smokey Robinson. Yeah, man. Smokey still smooth. smooth. So we will probably be playing some Smokey coming up here in a little bit here. But up next, got a guest, Ben Moore, who's going to join us from uh, Panther Talk. Talking about the coaching situation over there at Georgia State. It is Sam and Greg. We're in for the morning shift. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. And take us with you in the Odyssey app.
1: Can't find anyone to take her place. I've got to see her
0: again. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. On his 84th birthday, pay a little tribute to Smokey Robinson. Also yeah, on man. this 19th day of February is President's Day. Sam and Greg, we're in for the morning chip. Bo, Tiffany, Mike, thank you for letting us uh, hang around here. And as you like to say, we promise not to break nothing. We
1: promise not to break anything, <laughs> so we'll be invited back. Yeah. We're, we're not, we're not going to break anything.
0: All right, well, and we will obviously be here for the uh, beginning of what would be the steakhouse, too.
1: Yes, we're not going to break anything for that, either.
0: I don't think they care. <laughs> I only do a two-hour show. I think the other guys will care. But steak and uh, Sandra, I don't think they care. Yeah. But they might. I don't know. Um we have a very special guest. Yeah, we do. And I can't mm-hmm. remember the last time we talked to Mr. Moore.
1: It's been a minute. It's been a minute. We have on, but we got things that have happened um here right here in beautiful downtown Atlanta.
0: Downtown. Uh,
1: Georgia State. And uh we got from Panther Talking twenty uh, four seven Georgia State. Ben Moore joins us down the waitforit.com hotline. outline. Ben, good morning.
3: Morning Ben Big Good good morning, gents. You could have let that smoky uh, track just keep on rolling. We I promise see, you that. Yeah, <laughs> but then we'd have
0: to be paying residuals and all that sort of stuff, and and, and licensing, and it'd be a real problem. And I don't <laughs> want nobody calling me tomorrow morning. Listen, I, before we get into this, I just want to say I, I don't know who's responsible for it. Uh, I, there are people who have contacted me who haven't been through Atlanta in a while, and since you know, since the Braves have moved up to Cobb County, and seen what Georgia State has done down there with with Pete's place and and the facilities and all the new housing that's come up place looks beautiful and I'm getting comments from folks so I know you two ain't responsible for it but no, the people no, the people coming through town <laughs> they haven't seen it in a while they love what they have seen over there and what Georgia State is doing
3: yeah it's truly incredible uh you know once once uh, Mayor Kasim Reed and and I uh, was at the press conference uh, when that uh, handoff kind of happened from from uh, the city of Atlanta kind of ceremoniously to Georgia State. Uh, they, they, they partnered with an unbelievable group. Uh, Carter uh, is just a fantastic developer and really has turned that neighborhood and the area around that uh, into an area where folks can work and live and play. And uh, it's it's truly incredible. I, I've talked to people who haven't been down there in 10, 12, 15 years, and I encourage them to go back there and go by there and and realize the change that has happened down there, there are things to do for people of all ages, and uh, it's really only just getting started. Uh, and uh, it's exciting to see the growth around uh, Georgia State University and, and the impact that uh, both on the city of Atlanta, Georgia State University, and, and really that area as it continues. And more folks are using as a model uh, around their facilities, as, as we have seen, and we'll, we will see uh, around uh, you know large campuses like GSU that had fifty thousand students.
1: Yeah, look at that. Man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Ben, we uh. Like, like, like you, uh, I, was, I was stunned and a lot of people were stunned last week. I mean, we are all there for the start of spring practice on Tuesday. And two days later, uh, head coach Sean Elliott departs uh, suddenly. And maybe behind the scenes was something that was coming along. But for m- most of everybody, it was a shock and, uh, and uh, a sudden thing. What, what were your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I think the timing was probably shocking for many. Um, it, you know, folks nationally have probably seen the news uh, that uh, Coach Elliott is certainly not the first uh, sitting uh, FBS head coach that has left his post for you know kind of air quotes here a demotion. Uh, we saw that at just in the Sun Belt, right? Kane Womack uh, left his post at South Alabama to go be the defensive coordinator out of Alabama, um, and a lot of folks too would would probably look at that and say, well, it's Alabama, right? Well, you also have Jeff Hapley from Boston College, leaving Boston College where he's making almost $3 million a year, uh, going to be the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator, the Buffalo head coach leaving, um, you know, UCLA coach Chip Kelly leaving his post as the head coach to go be the offensive coordinator in the same conference with Ohio State. Uh, head coaching has never been more difficult, uh, as we know. Uh, Sam, you and I talked to talked to Coach Elliott for the better part of his seven years here. We, we uh, It wasn't exactly a secret that his family did not live in Atlanta, uh, they stayed back in Columbia, South Carolina. He had two uh, high school age kids, and uh, it was a drain on him. It really, really was. Uh, not just NIL and the transfer portal and all the things that, you know, certainly folks bemoan in college football today, but uh, being just, you know, cut it straight down the middle as a parent um, of, of high school age kids, you have a finite amount of time with them. And uh, his son, you know, uh, had started his journey as a varsity football player and, and, uh, it was well chronicled in the Columbia newspapers that he did not want to miss a game. You know, he, he would often leave, whether it was a home game or a, or a uh, road game, and uh, go see his son play on Friday night and, and either drive and meet the Panthers on the road uh, or return back to Atlanta uh, to coach the team on Saturday. Uh, I don't know of a single Head coach in any level in the coaches college football that has that luxury, um, and and it just uh, it just did cause some cause some strife and some pain, and, and high school coaches around Metro Atlanta do that fact too. Uh, so it gives the impression, whether it was accurate or not, that you have one foot in and one foot out, and. Um, you know, the, the Panthers were obviously able to experience success that they had never had uh, in the previous seasons uh, with Coach Miles and, and Coach Curry. But, um, you know, he wanted to get home. Uh, he knows, has a great relationship with Shane Beamer and, and certainly has an opportunity to coach tight ends. And, and I, I assure you have a lot more stress than he did as a head coach.
1: Yeah, spending time on the waitforit.com hotline this morning with Ben Moore, with Panther Talk. You can find him at a couple of places there on Twitter, at GSU Panther Talk. Or uh, at Benmore 24-7, or Benmore 24-7. All right, so now, you know, the you know the, the teams are still doing conditioning, but spring mm-hmm. practice and the spring game were postponed. Now a, a quick search has to go on for a, a, a football coach, and, you know, I've heard a lot of names floating out there, and we're not going to throw any names around this morning, but what does what Sean Elliott's done in the last seven years allow Georgia State to do as far as the person they look for to, uh, to step in now.
3: Yeah, I, I will say this first and foremost. It is an incredibly attractive job. Uh, that may not have been the sentiment back in December 2016. Uh, coaches, first and foremost, folks that want this job, want to know hey, can you win there? There's a check mark there, certainly. Hey, can you go to the postseason? Do you have an opportunity to go to a bowl game, which is the group of five, uh, you know, kind of almost uh, floor there? You want, you want to make sure you can get into the postseason. Sean Elliott did that, uh, winning bowl games in four of the five times he, you know, he took his team in there. Uh, do you have administrative support? Uh, you have a check mark there. You have facilities there that are comparable to your competition in the Sun Belt and Conference USA and other group of five uh, you know, places that way, and I think that 's a check mark as well and The biggest thing ultimately, as we all know, uh, Sean, uh, Sam, you know from covering high school uh, sports in the state and football specifically, uh, this is extremely. Fertile recruiting ground, not just out of high school, uh, but as you know, we've seen in all sports, Georgia State has capitalized on former Metro Atlanta stars coming back and finishing their career. Um, you know, having the opportunity to do that, and uh, I, I think that's a big part of what is super attractive about this job. Uh, I know Coach Elliott was paid uh, pretty well. Uh, at, at last check, I think it is public uh, where he, he may rate right about eight hundred thousand dollars annually in total compensation. Um, th- that is very attractive, whether it's a, an FCS head coach, whether it's a Power 5 assistant or coordinator. Uh, Charlie Cobb and the search committee are going to have plenty of uh, quality candidates to choose from uh, when interviews start this week.
0: Ben Moore, Panther Talk, torn, uh, joining Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game.com as we sit in for the morning shift. Right, ben, I'm going to make you uh, switch hats for a minute, and and everything that you just said is great. And you use the phrase attractive job. Um, and I want to ask you to now educate the audience as to why it may not be an attractive job. Not Georgia State. I want you to talk about college football as a whole and being a head coach now because the other part about everything that you just said is we're hearing that some of those movements have been made because some of these established coaches don't want to deal with NILs. They don't want to deal with everything that is new and and, 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 and bright and shiny with, uh, with college sports. They want to deal with the transfer portal. So I'm asking you, when you say attractive job, is the pool of people who may go and fill those positions smaller because of the nature of the the job now in
3: 2024? Potentially, uh, but as we know in sports, and you guys have been around a a long time like I have, uh, there's almost an irrational ego when it comes to uh, college football coaches, right? Hey, they can go in there and say, I can do it better. I can fix it, uh, no matter the job itself. Um, I think in a lot of ways NIL and the transfer portal kind of have to be paired together um, because we know uh, there are certain programs that can weaponize that. I mean, listen, programs like Georgia State specifically lost 11 former players, starters, key guys, impact players to power five teams the last two off seasons. There are a group of five coaches who look at it and say, we're, we're powerless, we're there's, there's tampering that goes on rampantly whether it's through social media whether it's for high school coaches uh, it's impossible uh, I've heard this that that quote impossible to keep our best players here on campus where the coaches feel like hey we go about and evaluate these kids develop them for two or three years and all they're doing is basically launching to power five now on the other side coaches can do the exact same thing right they can go and build a resume uh, you know get get better opportunities and leave pretty much any time they want to, as we've seen uh, this spring with all the movement. So um, I think there's positives and negatives on all sides. It's an extremely stressful job. It's an extremely highly compensated position as well, um, and, and you can make a lot of money doing it. Uh, I don't think everyone is built for to be a college head coach. Uh, a lot of folks think they are. Uh, and then they get into it and the realities of it. Um, you got to go to places that, that you can win because it is a job that you are hired to be fired, and ultimately you got to have the right resources in mind Mindset and truly plan to continue to build if you're going to survive in the current day. But I think younger, uh, younger coaches are going to understand how to utilize the portal, utilize NIL uh, for the teams and programs that have it and can use it. Uh, there's still, I think, a lot of misconceptions about name and image and likeness. And now that the IRS has come out and said basically – these donations are not tax deductible, I think the game is going to change even more uh, in a lot of places and uh, things are going to come out and uh, at some point there's going to have to be some regulation either on, on the school side, conference side, um, there's just going to have to be something because it's, no one knows what any kid is, is getting or asking for and I think it's caused a lot, of, a lot of folks both locally, regionally, and nationally to kind of make sweeping, sweeping assumptions about things that may or may not be accurate.
1: Yeah, yeah, you okay. know, as, as, as I told Greg, it's funny till it ain't funny. That's just my thought on NIL and whatnot. Yeah. It's, it's funny till it ain't funny. Oh, it, gotcha, it, yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody laughs at it and whatnot. We, we, we got a little bit of time here left with you, Ben. Talk about some things that, that Georgia State looks for, a coach that would allow them to do some things maybe differently. And then, you know, it's a chance to do a reset, I think, on priority as far as recruiting at the high school level. You tell me some things that this, uh, this coaching search and what this candidate, uh, the candidate could allow you know, the Georgia State program to achieve.
3: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is recruiting. And, and you know, you have to really start at home. Uh, I think that's something that Sean Elliott and his staff struggle with. Uh, for the better part of, of seven plus years, is, is trying to attract top Metro Atlanta t- talent. And, and when I say top Metro Atlanta talent, I, I'm not talking guys that are in the 24 uh, 7, you know, composite rankings as four and five stars, potentially, right? You're going to have no shot at most of those kids and getting on their radar because they're looking bigger and badder, uh, looking to go, all right, I'm going to go to a school for three years and, uh, and, and head to the NFL. You you have to kind of find that next tier. You know, I went back and looked at the last four or five cycles. In the state of Georgia, there were uh, kids rated as over 100. There was over 100 kids that were rated as a three-star or better. Um, basically, kind of in that in that three star to four star, those are impact players at Group of Five or contributors at the Power Five level. Um, not every kid's going to be a four star. Not every kid's going to be a five star to play college football, as we've seen. And a lot of these guys end up in the NFL, right? They're developed. Hey, they're, they're a defensive lineman who was 209 pounds and six foot four, and all of a sudden by his senior year, he's 255, 260 pound guy leading the nation in sacks. And you're like, where did that guy come from? Where? where why was he at X Y Z school? That. That's the goal of the next head coach here, going and finding those impact and those you know, kind of diamond in the rough, if you will, and going and having that evaluation ability. That's the one thing about the top programs. You go up the, up the road in Athens. Uh, Kirby Smart has a systematic plan for recruiting and evaluating guys, and there is a system in place. It came and was built by Nick Saban. Obviously, Coach Smart has put his spin on it. Um, there are several folks who have ties to the Saban tree uh, that are interested in this job per sources that I've talked to, and uh, that would be very interesting. I also think the success level of the next head coach is paramount. Uh, You you have to win. You have to win immediately. Uh, Coach Elliott, I believe, averaged right at 5.8 wins per season. Uh, So you can win here and can get to a bowl game. But as we know, the Sun Belt is a tremendous grind, and there are very, very good programs that you have to compete with, and they're coming to Georgia to take players. And they have them all up and down their roster. So Georgia State's going to have to keep some players home and uh, try to also reach in the portal when guys want to come back home.
1: All right, we're going to be watching. Those interviews are going to be starting this week. They got to get somebody in in place quite uh, soon. Ben, we may circle back and check back with you another time. But thanks so much for Thank spending you, some time with us this morning.
3: Absolutely, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, listen again. Full of information. That was wonderful. Yeah. We got to get this dude back on here. All
3: right. On the weekends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is Sam and Greg. Speaking of weekends, that's normally when we're on, 6 to 10 on Saturday and Sunday mornings. Want to thank uh, Mike and Tiffany and uh, Bo for letting us come in here. On this President's Day, we are here till 10 o'clock. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929 The Game.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app.
3: Down. Step on the table Bang. Step
4: out. You can see me on
0: album on TV. Watch Radio 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com. 9, it is Sam and Greg on this Monday morning. Yes. President's Day. That's what In it is. In for the morning shift. In for the morning and shift. And before we get into Noel's World, see, I've been doing this business for a while. I know if I'm on the air on Monday through Friday, we got sponsors all over the place. I got some reads I got to tend to. And they just came to me, so I want to let you know that Sam, by the way. Yeah. In the Huddle is brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Real food made for real dogs and for the health of real dogs. Want me to read that again? Okay. In the Huddle brought to you by (laughs) Farmer's Dog. Real food made for the health of dogs. Outstanding. You like that? Dropped yeah. it the first night, I actually didn't get it all in there. Anyway, Sam and Greg also in for the morning shift. brought to you by Zero Res. Book an appointment today with Zero Res, Atlanta's best carpet cleaning service. There you go. Took care of everything. We got to those earlier, but we apologize. We're going to be on top of it for 8 o'clock at 9. You ready? Yeah. Hold on tight. Got to go into New Orleans. I didn't even ask you what we played coming back. Mm. Forgive me. Because Sam and I were looking at each other, you know, old as Methuselah like we are. So, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to se- it. This is your segment, so... Good morning, Noel. Morning.
4: Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Atlanta.
0: Hey.
4: Now, what you heard before we got to our seven o'clock seven o'clock ad reads? We're on time, Greg. Seven o'clock ad reads. Um, that was "Money Power Respect" by the Lots with Lil Kim. Now, why did I play that? That was some extra audio on top of that. That was Trey Young hitting a three-point shot from the stands for a hundred-dollar bill bet. Oh. So that is me. Saying that I and Atlanta should be putting their bet on Trey Young.
0: Okay, right. can you play that audio with him hitting it again so we can hear it? Yes. Because I didn't, I didn't understand what that was, <laughs> and and now we can appreciate it more. We were not warned. Yes, we, you didn't give us an update.
2: Trey Young for the hundred. Let's go for the hundred right there. The hundred for the hundred. One hundred. No pressure, bro. This is as far as Step almost with that. Bang! Yeah.
0: All right, and you're now going to tell us that Trey donated that money to charity. Well,
4: probably not. But okay. well, no, it wasn't Trey's money. It was it was some some people at the All Star game. They were betting each other. Oh, okay. Trey yeah. was just kind enough to actually complete the action to make the bet make sense. All right. Um, but my point is. Those people were smart enough to put their $100 bill on Trey Young, and Atlanta's front office needs to be too. Look, Trey Young's performance this season has kind of shown me that's not the problem. Now, I never felt that way anyway, but I feel vindicated this season watching Trey Young. The assists are up, the defensive effort is up, the defensive plays are up. The assists are top-notch always, and the points are 27 points or higher per game. Like like his standard, his standard is so. His regular is so standard that it starts to it's starting to feel hum ho to some people, especially when we don't get the accommodate the the accommodating wins that come with the play. But I'm gonna tell you this: the narratives don't make sense when you watch the play. I can't be that selfish with 11 dimes a game. And there, if you actually watch him, if you actually know what channel they play on on a nightly basis, you'll see he should probably have 15, 16, 17 assists a game. There are so many miss bunnies, miss layups, miss lobs, and it happens, it's the nature of the game. But to claim that he doesn't make his teammates better is just its it's ridiculous. Matter of fact, Ray Rondo agrees with me.
3: Thing you said about the
1: assists. I mean, it was hard as hell to average 11 assists, and I couldn't damn near average 28 points. I mean, you had both of those numbers together uh, on top of him. Like I said, night in, night out, every team is trying to figure out how to stop Trey Young, and you're doing this at 6'1". Only five years in the league, I mean, he's already figured the game out. And like I said, a lot of people don't understand how hard it is to mastermind the game <clears throat> at that level, at the point guard position being that only six one. You know, every night he's the smallest guy on the floor. Still, not able to dominate, manipulate the game. That's why they, they changed the game with the free throw rule, because he had manipulated the game within three years of playing in the NBA. I mean, how many guys can go in and change the game completely like that?
0: Didn't he have to just hire a lawyer, Rondo? I don't know about that. I, don't <laughs> I just think so. But anyway, your point was that he agrees with you. Yes. And ma- and.
4: He agrees with me so much that he was willing to say that on a on a national platform on a national platform like I don't understand why he wasn't an all-star from the get-go. The fans put in the votes for him to be the second-most player on, in the Eastern Conference. Didn't get in. You had to put him in due to injury. He still only gets 14 minutes last night, yeah. but he gets, the most re, he gets the most assists of the night. And to me, that was the most important thing. As a representative for the Hawks, a team that has a hard, hard time getting free agents in here, he went out there and showed the positives of his game for the people around him. He was the best player in his skills, his skills challenge group. He was the best player. He was the best player on the floor last night as far as getting dimes to the big time players that you would love to see. A Trey Young get the dimes to, to, to a, a Giannis, get him to a, a a Wimby, get it to a this, this, that, and that, I mean if if even though Embiid being there last night means Trey wouldn't have been there by nature of how the voting went, but Trey to Embiid would look amazing. Like there are things that he does beyond the scoring of himself to push a team or push the teammates. Around him, we've seen, we've seen Clint Capella th- flourish through him. We've seen Aniyeka um, Congo in the past few weeks without Clint in certain matchups that, that actually fit his playing style, be elevated by the play of, of Trey Young. And we've seen Trey Young elevate is his own play. I mean, this year is up one point four steals per game. That's a huge leap, even from last year. Last year was a huge leap from the years before. So, you see the effort being put in, but it's not taken away from his offensive effort. It's not taken away from the assists. It's not taken away from the 26, 27 points a game. It's not even taken away from the minutes that he's putting on the floor. He's playing the most minutes out of the Hawks right now. So, what do we need to do as a front office to maximize who I think are your three players that gel the most? Your Trey Young, your DeJounte Murray, and your Jalen Johnson. How do you maximize that trio? That's where we have to go now because talking about moving Trey or whatever, that's pointless. If we're going to do that, like John Fricke said yesterday on his show at 10 o'clock, the only thing you have to do to blow this Hawks team up is move Trey Young. Just move him.
1: Yep. Yep. And to me that would be a shame because he's one of those guys and we've gone for years without having one of those guys here in town. It's nice to have one of those guys, and when I and when I say one of those guys, I mean somebody that folks in other cities would buy a ticket to go and see. Our teams are not known for having those guys. It's been only you two. Know, Let's just you know, come right I mean? down to it.
0: Well, yeah, it's we'll, been two we'll in two, their prime. In their prime, and, and we, we, one of us got a statue.
1: Well, we, we, we throw Pistol Pete in there too, and that that was and that well. was and that was like early in the early days of the team here. Here, that's like I said, that's why Julius Erving wanted to come here. So, I mean, that's you, know, you had those players that people in other cities would buy a ticket to see. Um, we just, you know, so that's the, the reluctancy, obviously, to turn this guy loose. You don't know when you're going to get another one of this magnitude, but who could he attract? And that's what you goes back to what you talked about, Greg, and this weekend. Who did he have a chance to meet? Who did he have a chance to make an impression on? Somebody that maybe had seen him one way but got to see him a different way this weekend, being on the team with him, going to practices with him, maybe going out to dinner with him. Um, that's what we hope he had a chance to do this weekend at the All-Star Weekend, to set up that player to want to come here and be a part of what's happening here in Atlanta.
4: Yeah, 100%. I think we saw it on the court with the skills challenge and with the game last night. So we're hoping that the the off the, uh, the, the behind-the-scenes camaraderie matched that same type of effort to show, hey, look who I am on and off the court. I'm somebody that you want to be around. I'm somebody that can elevate your game On and off the court. I want to put in the work. I want to I want to run run the sets. I want to work in the off seasons. I want to do all the things that I can do to be a great and right now a great for Atlanta. He's still interested in that. So that is a positive. We have to figure out as a front office how to maximize on that before before time runs out. All right. Basketball is a player's league. You know, time will run out. Well, with that explanation, have you been thinking of somebody, somebody whose contract
0: ends at the end of the year that you would like to see them go after as opposed to a trade? See, because you got to take it to the next level. You can't just sit here and I I hope. I No, this dude is going to be available at the end of the season. Do this, do that, and whatever. And that's how you put the pressure on them. You don't sit there and and just hope that they do this. We know who's going to be becoming a free agent. We then hope that... The other people know that they're going to be free agents. And give us an idea about what's available as far as to move or the money that's available to spend. But that's what I'm asking you. I mean, it, it, who's out there that's going to be available in the offseason that you'd like to see them make a deep dive at? Or two people?
1: Well, you can, you can have that. but I mean, you also have some guys who say, you know, call their agents and say, look, I want to move. We saw that with the Brooklyn Nets. He could have been we doing have that the guys, last couple, couple of years, guys, though, I'm us, saying. We we, with the Brooklyn Nets, we saw what? We saw Garnett, we, you know, Harden. This is where we want to be. They just up from where – and then when they saw it wasn't going to happen, they just up and checked out.
0: Well, a lot you of know, it had to do
1: – you know th- what I there's, mean?
0: There's more to that, but your point is, is, is well taken. Yeah. I'm just saying he's been here for a minute. People have known during free agency where Trey Young played over these last few years. They saw what he did individually, which has got basketball community. Notice when he went up to New York and did what he did at the Knicks, and, and that's what started it. Why hasn't it, it happened and turned into something else? is part of this have to do with what we hear Hawks fans have been saying, about Trey, you know, because one of the things that have gone into this year's um, discussion of him is maturity, right? We've heard that word used in talking about Trey this year, correct? Yes. So the lack of maturity in the last couple of years, is that one of the reasons why none of the big agents, one of the, none of the big free agents wanted to come here, maybe thinking they couldn't get the ball or, or for whatever the reason. This was a different player the last couple years as opposed to the Trey Young we got this year. We
4: I mean, all agree it, on that. it could be, but a, a 20-year-old is naturally going to just become more mature by nature. So that's a question of if you're actually going to allow Trey Young to grow or not. And I think that's a lot of the problem in the NBA world as a whole, the players and the in the media. You, you kind of pick and choose who you allow to grow and mature and who you don't. Some people just get stuck with the same narrative.
0: Did he have the right veteran when he landed on his team? No.
4: That... Uh,
0: could be where it all starts. Yeah.
4: No, you didn't get a veteran until the next year or two later, and then even then, even beyond that, now like we've we've continued to lose players like a Solomon Hill yeah. that had a really a really positive impact in the locker room and on him. And yeah, we're looking for him to be that leader without any example example of NBA leadership. Like I'm sure his father gave plenty of leadership, but we're talking about NBA right. pusher team leadership. And so it's he seems to be. Figuring all of that out on his own. Do you judge him for that? That's that's the question.
0: And that's also Noel's world. Yeah, that's what we that? do every yeah. 740 when we are on weekends and even when we sit in here on, um, you know. On a holiday morning show. On a morning <laughs> show.
4: And to answer your question, Greg, I think DeMar DeRozan would be a good fit here. Free agent. I'm not sure if it's restricted or non-restricted, but DeMar, DeMar DeRozan would give you the, the, the veteran leadership you want. And fix that that forward that that small forward position that 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 wing. Okay, I
0: don't and I don't think Ryan going to throw a bunch of money at him in Chicago, so that that could happen. Yeah, okay. We'll well, see. That's the one you want to focus on. You gave me that one. I I will I will be in tandem with you on that one. All right, let's push it. Let's take them boys out to lunch down the street and see if we can make something happen. <laughs>
4: let's take
1: the boys to lunch well,
4: go the street. let slide to the spot. <laughs> There's just a few spots right around here we can take them to. Yeah, Speaking yeah. Of which, we're
0: supposed to be doing that this week with our boy Adam, right? Yeah. He's going to be coming here to town. But first, before we get to Adam, we got Brandon Hutchinson from Atlanta Motor Speedway. He'll be joining us at 920. Terrell, who, by the way, thinks he's slick. He thinks he's slick. He's sending me some stuff already with both his kids. Usually yeah, it's just one man. of them. Now yeah. he's hit me with both of them. He hit hey. me with, with little Mello. They're ready to go. I'm going to play that one on here too. So anyway, Terrell is going to join us coming up at 8:20, but going to revisit something that Tim Scarborough said. Uh basketball, college basketball voice who joined us yesterday as we get into college basketball. It is Sam and Greg in for the morning shift. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. And take us with you in the Odyssey app.